This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardoj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and the Midwest, we're delighted to once again welcome to this program a special guest and a trusted ally, Congressman David Brad. Congressman David Brad served the Commonwealth of Virginia's 7th District from 2014 to 2017. Dr. David Brad served on the House Budget Committee and also serves on the International Leaders Summit's Executive Advisory Board. As a brilliant economist, he also served as the president of the Virginia Association of Economists. And it is great to have you back on America's Roundtable. Welcome, Congressman David Brad. Welcome, Congressman Brad. Thank you, Joel and Natasha and friends in Michigan. Great to be on. Congressman Pratt, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit 30,000 points with very optimistic expectations for the post-pandemic recovery. And this can be certainly attributed to President Trump and his administration's pro-growth policies in building a solid economic foundation with reduced corporate tax rate, record high level of employment that were able to sustain the economic downturn caused by China's coronavirus through a V-shaped recovery, and the most recent Herculean efforts by President Trump to expedite the development and authorization of the COVID-19 vaccine in a record-breaking time. Congressman Brad, in light of the pending presidential election results, what are your thoughts about the U.S. economy going forward? Yes, well, that setup is exactly correct, but it all hinges on uh, the market's expectation that the the Georgia Senate seats go Republican so that you have divided government. Uh, Without that, I think the market uh, would probably take a nosedive. And then the the other piece, President Trump did a great job on the pro-growth piece, and then there's good news coming out on the uh, vaccines, you know, after Election Day. uh, We we all should just note by coincidence. But the the real story is the, the money creation, right, the Federal Reserve money creation and the debt uh, we've gone into another, you know, six trillion dollars, and then seven, you know, several trillion additional dollars on money supply that's pumped up the economy. Uh, so some of that's artificial, and that's why uh, we need to keep pro-growth policies going. Yes, indeed. Go, and, there, and there is a risk of uh, raising taxes by by Biden if he would to become the president, because then we wouldn't be able to grow ourselves out of the huge debt and interest rates that we are going to incur. Yeah, no, that's that's right. And then you got the green initiative. Uh, all of these are trillion dollar endeavors they're, they're talking about. And then, of course, the worst piece, along with you know capital investment, which will go down if you increase corporate rates, which they plan to, is the human capital. The uh, human capital loss uh, from K to twelve school and higher ed uh, not functioning normally is devastating as well. And no one ever seems to point that out. But that's you know in the in the cross country growth studies, human capital is responsible for, you know, 20, 25% of, of growth. And so a uh, very important piece. 
Yes, Congressman Brad, you are a champion of the First Amendment and, I must state, a great defender of the U.S. Constitution. And in a recent speech delivered to the Federalist Society, Justice Samuel Alito mentioned that the two constitutional protections, the First Amendment, right to free exercise of religion, and the Second Amendment, right to bear arms, are rapidly becoming second-class liberties. In fact, Justice Alito shared that religious freedom is the most vulnerable of all. And Justice Alito uh, lamented, and I quote, religious liberty is fast becoming a disfavored right. Now, just recently, we've been following all these different cases from Michigan to Nevada, and Justice Alito relayed how in the case of Nevada, the state governor imposed limited religious gatherings to 50 attendees while permitting casinos to operate at 50% of their capacity. And uh, he mentioned, I quote, uh, this is Justice Alito, the dominance of lawmaking by executive fiat rather than legislation. Congressman Brad, what are your thoughts about Justice Alito's rebuke of how the pandemic has created a pathway for the rule of law to be subverted and the plethora of cases we see now whereby religious liberties are being trampled upon in America? Yeah, well, that's, that's a great question, Joel, and uh, I, I, I hate to say it, but the, the obvious answer is if you just go look at the uh, Marxist or neo-Marxist playbook for what their uh, revolution calls for, and what uh, you know, President Trudeau from Canada last week called the Great Reset, says, look, we got to get going on here. So it's, it's not, I think Alito is being too polite still. It's not about lesser rights. It's about an attack on the whole rights language. The the neo-Marxist folks, you know, say uh, all the God language and, and philosophy and the rule of law and human rights language is all a superstructure. It's all artificial. And that we're all, uh, all citizens are, are misinformed to false consciousness and that only Marxists have true consciousness. But then they can never tell you what's going to replace all of these human rights ideas uh, once they seize power. But everybody should go back and review Alan Bloom, The Closing of the American Mind, back in 1986. Just the introduction alone is incredible. And and he has uh, a real emphasis on the rights language that are necessary for a republic to exist. And so for me, it, it's far deeper than just a loss of rights. It's an attack on the entire Western system of the rule of law. And that's what's at stake. In conclusion, I believe that uh, uh, Justice Alito stated, I quote, In the end, there is only so much that the judiciary can do to preserve our Constitution. Standing up for our freedom is a job for all Americans, unquote. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. With one little caveat, the big tech, the big media, along with the Congress, uh, tried to impeach and get rid of President Trump for four years systematically. Turns out the FBI was corrupt under Comey. The CIA was corrupt uh, under Brennan. And so for me, the guys on the court are trying to act like they're, you know, highly principled uh, while the ship is going down. And so uh, the executive branch uh, is under attack. The, the legislative branch is being run by Nancy Pelosi and impeaching the president and Russiagate and Ukraine gate and the whole thing for four years. So I, I think it's incumbent upon the Supreme Court, the justices, to step up and to make some public pronouncements about what really is at stake, because they are the last defense for the rule of law and for Western Civ.
And in numerous instances during this election cycle, we have witnessed America's left lying, intimidating, threatening, and harassing its opponents. In one instance, two board members in Wayne County in Michigan were threatened and harassed in order to certify the vote despite major voter irregularities and potential voter fraud. And in another instance, a federal government employee Emily Murphy, who is administrator of the U.S. General Services Administration, mentioned in her letter to Joe Biden, commenting on transitional resources, she said, I did receive threats online, by phone and by mail directed at my safety, my family, my staff and even my pets in an effort to coerce me into making this determination prematurely. Congressman Brad, how should we respond to this kind of a mob rule taking over America? Yeah, well, right, and we're asleep, right? So the question is, where's Kevin McCarthy, the head of the House, on any of these issues? Where is uh, Mitch McConnell, the head of the Senate, on any of these issues? And they're hiding. Their heads are in the sand. And even, you know, huge conservative think tanks, the Heritage Foundation, our conservative leader groups, uh, they need to be outspoken on this. This this is not funny anymore. These are Americans under attack for real. And then after they have riots in the streets in Richmond, they had guys with AK-47s surrounding the monuments on Monument Avenue. All the shops are boarded up and bankrupt now, all the foodie shops that brought wealth to Richmond. And it's no longer theoretical. And then when the media goes to report on it, they, they turn it, they say, well, there was a, a, a single white supremacist there or something absurd like this. The major cities are all being undone by the left. There's mobs overtaking uh, New York and D.C. had to be boarded up election night because of the left. And then the, the mainstream media totally falsely reports. So it's, it's time for every American to wake up go back to first principles, that's the Judeo-Christian tradition, and then that gives you the rule of law, and then that gives you free market, and everybody needs to fight. It's, it's not enough just to, like, agree. You need to get out and fight and change your school boards and your county boards and your state legislatures and get to work. Absolutely. And you are so right in that, that there is no time for America's patriots and those that are on the conservative side to remain silent or on the fence. And we truly appreciate your worthy challenge uh, to our fellow Americans, our fellow American patriots that are truly concerned about America and its future. And we need you back in Congress, Congressman Brad. <laughs> That's right. Well, God willing, we'll see what God's got next for me. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on America's Roundtable. And we certainly wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Always a pleasure. God bless to everyone out there. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. On Thanksgiving Eve, the U.S. Supreme Court blocked New York Governor Andrew Cuomo from enforcing attendance limits at religious services. This is a major victory with the U.S. Supreme Court upholding our U.S. Constitution and the First Amendment's free exercise of religion. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn and two Orthodox Jewish synagogues sought relief from an executive order issued by the governor of New York that imposed very severe restrictions on attendance at religious services. In red zones, no more than 10 persons could attend each religious service. And in orange zones, attendance was capped at 25, when secular businesses in the area are allowed to remain open. This important decision by the Supreme Court to block the COVID-related executive order 
which was issued by a governor who wanted to limit religious services, represents a change in direction of the U.S. Supreme Court, which had turned down two similar requests over the summer by churches in California and Nevada. The major difference between the summer and now is that Justice Amy Coney Barrett replaced Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The vote for this decision was 5-4. to four. And let me read just brief excerpts from the U.S. Supreme Court decision in this case. I quote, The loss of First Amendment freedoms for even minimal periods of time unquestionably constitutes irreparable injury. In recent months, certain other governors have issued similar edicts. At the flick of a pen, they have asserted the right to privilege restaurants, marijuana dispensaries, and casinos over churches, mosques, and temples. Indeed, we are grateful to President Trump in nominating Justice Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court in September. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I am Jolan Ansami, your co-host joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable brings together leading voices from business, government, media, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and via YouTube on International Leaders Summit. Visit iLeadersSummit.org.